All right, welcome back to the most important podcast in the world. I'm your host, Reese Wood. On this episode, most important moment number eight, we're going to premiere a new segment, Podcast of the Year This Week. And, man, let me tell you why why we came up with that one. There was a podcast, uh, very close, hitting on the same points that we were hitting on in the last moment, most important moment, number seven, you know, the last episode. Uh, a podcaster hit on some similar points, uh, but in such a greater extent, in such great proportion, important proportions, uh, that it inspired a new new segment, and it's podcast of the year this week. And that uh, podcaster, one of my favorites, that is Lionel at Lionel Nation and website LionelMedia.com. As you can see, Lionel thinks the Super Bowl Super Bowl may be not entirely real, possibly fake. Underneath there, some Cat Williams. Uh, there is a whole Cat Williams playlist at his website. We'll get into that later in the segment. But the reason this uh, really amazed me was Lionel hit on some points that I didn't think anyone else would. I'm really surprised he did. I'm surprised anyone picked up on this, on this podcast, the most important podcast. I'm trying to give you topics that might be overlooked or lesser known or things that uh, are not as popular as possibly they should be um, for reasons unknown. And we've said this a lot in past episodes. I've said this a lot. There seems to be more that we don't know and so little that we know every day that we use to rely on in our daily lives to to keep going. Uh, and, you know, that's everything from the science to uh you know, laws, everything that we rely on every day that we know, that we have to know, uh, but then there's everything we don't know. And when we dig into that big proportion of things we don't know, uh, we look to other people, and we want to hear what other people have to say. At least I do. Lionel's one of these people I've listened to for, has to be at least back since 2007. Um, and we're going to talk about where I started hearing him and where I first heard him on liberal talk radio. And you've heard me say in past episodes, I, I'm pretty much a libertarian, an independent libertarian, if there's such a thing. And, uh, but I did used to listen to liberal talk radio. Um, and it had a huge impact on my life, but we're definitely going to talk about that. I was really surprised. Here we have Lionel, uh, and like I said, inspiring a new new segment. But last week, he's talking about the year of the cat. And uh, as I said in the last episode, it's not just Al Stewart. Not just Al Stewart. But the year of Cat Williams. And why is that such an important thing to talk about? Because we're in an election year. And it seems, at least to me, I don't know who's talking about politics. I don't know what people are talking about if they are talking about politics. 
Um, we're going to dig into, during the podcast of the year this week segment, we are going to dig into uh, some Pew Research information. And so we're going to try to find out why people, uh, who is interested in politics, who's voting, who's not voting, what is it that we're really looking at when we are looking at the political environment this year or in the most recent three elections. Uh, so we're going to look at voter turnout for the last three elections, look at some Pew Research data, see what that says. We're going to compare that to uh, what Lionel's commentary is really about, and also kind of throw in, sprinkle on some Cat Williams. We're really going to mix it up. And uh, so I hope you guys hang on for this one because we're going in deep. This is going to be something else. That's what we do here. And uh, when we're not interviewing people. And if you do want to be a guest, hit me up. Uh, we want to have on people of all kinds. Um, we have, I've talked to comedians and uh, our first episode with Billy Jones, we talked about fasting and diet. And second episode, one of my favorite people, Phil Anderson, he's running for U.S. Senate as a libertarian in Wisconsin. Uh, but these are all things that if you go on the Internet, you'll find some people talking about it. Not a lot and definitely not enough discussion. Some of this stuff is definitely that big piece of the pie that we don't know about, the unknown. And... The more we talk about it, the more we'll know about it. The more we talk about it, the more familiar we become. And like I said, through other people, we learn about all these things sometimes for the first time. But that's what podcasting's uh, best for, right? Those introductory discussions, introductory topics, bringing us to something that we previously were unaware of. Uh, so let's get back on track here. Before we get to Lionel's segment and all that and before we get to air america radio we're gonna talk about the last episode because man last episode uh we definitely we were talking about cat williams as a philosopher right and uh what does that mean cat williams a philosopher he's a comedian a stand-up comedian well i made the connection here uh we showed what was it we had the clip from from uh mel brooks history of the world part one there is a new series out on Hulu, and um, so if you haven't checked that out, I know I watched a couple episodes, but I made the connection in general because Cat Williams, uh, when he went on Club Shay Shay and spoke a bunch of what some people would say truth, uh, when he brought light to some topics and to some people that were doing what are deemed some shady things in the entertainment industry. Uh, he was speaking in a way that resonated, obviously, with lots of people. Sort of what philosophers do. Uh, philosophers making commentary on what humanity is doing, what society, civilization, what's going on in the world. Coalescing the vapor of human experience, as Mel Brooks said. And so, to me, Cat Williams, as much as a philosopher as anyone, uh, here we have you know, Stephen Darwell of Yale, Jennifer Morton, and uh, Susanna Siegel. These are all names I'm not familiar with, but philosophers nonetheless, uh, philosophers who won the Guggenheim Fellowship just last year. 
Cat Williams not the same, not in the same area, but in my opinion, same same part of the spectrum. We're talking about someone who uh, obviously is a person who studies the ideas about knowledge, truth, the nature of meaning of life, a person who studies philosophy. Cat Williams, as he said himself, a guy with a, uh, a high intellect and always been known to study, read books, um, highly intellectual. And so we talked about that on the last episode and what happened, I'm going to tell you what happened. If you didn't see it, if you're not following on Facebook and social media everywhere, I shared that uh, not only was talking about Cat Williams something that resonates with people, the numbers they show. Uh, when he went on the podcast that he went on, the numbers went through the roof and are still going up. It started at 29 million, 50 million, continuously going up. So those resonate also to our podcast now. We did just a couple clips, just a couple, just two. And uh, till we did those those clips about Cat Williams, uh, the podcast, as you can see, eh, we're at 27 subscribers. We're, we're just starting out. But the numbers, when you talk about Cat Williams, people want to hear it. The numbers show something going on there. Something he's doing, something he's saying, whatever it is, people want to hear it. And so the numbers don't lie. Unless you believe YouTube's, you know, messing with the numbers. I don't know. That's probably not possible in this case, right? These are real numbers from people being interested in whatever Cat Williams has to say. And that's huge. But... So, we got to say, thank you, Cat Williams, for bringing us some new viewers. What did he do when he went on Club Shay Shay? Brought a bunch of new, bunch of new viewers. Everything the guy's doing. And also the most important podcast. Thank you. All right. But we're going to move on because uh, I'm definitely happy about that. But, like I said, very happy that one of my favorite podcasters... Lionel at Lionel Nation talking about left-wing talk radio back in uh, 2000. Uh, left-wing radio started in 2004, but Lionel, I believe I started hearing him around 2007. But uh, so here's a guy who started on liberal talk radio, and I believe back then he was a declared libertarian. I could be wrong. But back then, uh, talking about liberal politics, anti-conservative media in general. And uh, today, more recently, right on the nail, hitting the nail on the head, talking about Cat Williams. And I'm telling you, if you don't think he's hitting the nail on the head, wait till later in the episode when we get to the Pew Research. It's weird. Very weird. We're going to find out why. Uh, but liberal talk radio back in 2004 I don't know if you guys were there it sounds it seems like maybe I was the only one in Wisconsin out of Madison there was uh, 92.1 the mic I believe and so FM radio and you could listen 
to Liberal Talk Radio for the first time, which was amazing. I, I had a boombox, an old school 80s boombox that I probably got from like a, it might have been my dad's or a, a Goodwill or something like that, with a dial. You're dialing in Liberal Talk Radio. And so there I am. And these these voices for the first time that are anti-conservative. It was so interesting. And today, there's no liberal talk radio, right? Uh, I don't know how big even conservative talk radio is anymore. Who are the names? There's no more Rush Limbaugh. But, so, how critical this was, we're going to do a segment before we get to Lionel, because this is one of my favorite topics, um, and like I said, something completely overlooked. We have people of all kinds of political ideologies, but liberal ideology is huge and uh, super impactful in terms of politics. It's pretty much 50% of the discussion going on most of the time, depending on how you look at things. Most people do believe it's still conservative versus liberal, and for that reason, uh, people do look to commentators from both sides, right? So back in 2004, when people were looking for liberal talk radio, they were given the chance. Air America Radio. And this radio station, not only on FM, I believe they were one of the first on satellite radio also, the XM uh, Sirius Radio trends. They're still out there, but when it first happened, they were on the wave. Uh, Air America. So it's categorized, as we see here, from Wikipedia. Lots of points today taken from Wikipedia. Uh, progressive talk radio, not just liberal talk media, but specifically progressive talk radio. And uh, try to find anything on Air America online. We'll, we'll go over the links in this episode, but there's not a lot out there. And so, like I said, we're, these are topics that it, you would think, as critical as liberal politics are to politics, as critical as liberal talk and commentary is, uh, there's no FM radio. It, it's all, it's weird to know that Air America didn't make it, that by 2011, or it says closed 2010, that they did not make it. And so we're going to get into all of that. It's so interesting. Al Franken. How many of you are familiar with Al Franken? This guy started on Saturday Night Live. And uh, so he was like the flagship host. And definitely a funny guy. Um, you might know him from Stuart Smalley. You know, he would look in the mirror and, um, I'm good enough, people like me, and I forget the rest of the bit. But, funny guy. And I always, like, I always thought he was hilarious. But, uh, so he was like the guy, the first face on uh, Air America that people really put with it, at least for me. But, so... Here we have Ronald Reagan Jr., Ron Reagan Jr., son of President Ron Reagan, also a host. Uh, just the number of people that were hosts 
on this station is just tremendous. We're going to get into all of them. Uh, Air America, as it says here, Air America Media's progressive talk radio programming consisted of news talk, comedy interviews, guest editorials, uh, listener phone calls. When you would call into radio, seriously, do people, where's that going on? Is that happening? I know here in Wisconsin we'll have like uh, NPR and some local talk stations. But just think about this. Before the 2000s, into the 2000s, calling in on a radio station is still a huge thing. People calling to talk, not commenting on YouTube, not typing a response, texting, uh, calling and waiting. You know, long-time listener, first-time caller, that kind of stuff. But, so Air America, uh, kicking it in, kicking off in 2004. All kinds of shows, like I said, uh, Rachel Maddow, a huge name out there, still with MSNBC, with the Rachel Maddow show. Uh, they had Montel Across America, Montel Williams. Who didn't know who Montel Williams was? Uh, let's see here. One of my favorites, who I highly disagree with to this day, Sam Cedar. And uh, he's going to be featured in a different episode. We're going to get to him. But uh, so many people. Let, let's get into the list here. Al Franken, like I said, the flagship guy, still podcasting. You know, he he went to Air America. He was there for... I believe about three, maybe four years before he decided to run for U.S. Senate in Minnesota. He ended up winning. And if you don't know how that went, he's no longer in there. He did end up resigning. Things didn't pan out. But uh, Al Franken has always been an active guy. Like I said, longtime writer for SNL. Uh, here we have lies and the lying liars that tell them. That one of my favorites. I read that in high school, and it did. It changed my mind. Uh, I had to say, I had to ask myself, you know, who are these people that Al Franken, this guy that I just thought was a funny guy, who are these people he's talking about? At the time, being, you know, 17 maybe, I had no idea about political TV, political media, all the names, uh, you know, Rush Limbaugh. Here's Al Franken giving me the introduction from a liberal perspective. That was my introduction. Uh, if you haven't checked out Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them, definitely worth checking out. But, uh, like I said, he went on to Senate. Things didn't pan out. He's back to podcasting with the Al Franken podcast. Sometimes I feel like, and I may do this, uh, who knows, doing a podcast called Al Franken Has a Podcast. Because sometimes uh, he had some controversy. That's why he had to resign. Sometimes it seems like it would be a good idea to do a podcast about somebody who's doing a podcast who maybe should have thought about not doing a podcast. I could be wrong. Either way, Al Franken's still trucking it out there. And Mike Malloy, one of the big names from Air America, when we talk about flagship for Air America, he was the guy, the guy who 
started the initial fundraising, as far as I know, who, who got people together and said, we need a liberal outlet, a real liberal radio station. And so he put everything in motion, from what I've read. Like I said, there's not a lot online. But uh, check out the Wikipedia. Mike Malloy did the Mike Malloy show. And definitely, uh, uh, he was a guy I know I would hear him later hours on FM radio. But also one of the first people let go when uh, the station was on its way out. One of the first people let go and... Mike Malloy was not happy about that. I remember listening at the time. He actually did a guest spot on Randy Rhodes' show. Uh, she allowed him to guest host because he had not been given an opportunity to, to finish out his show. Uh, so he guest spotted on her show, and you know, from there he never never turned back to Air America. It went on to other things. I believe Nova M Radio, same place. Randy Rhodes went. Uh, Randy Rhodes, here we have her. She's still around today. Still going on YouTube. Uh, I believe she might be on some FM out there. Like I said, I don't, I don't know who's listening to liberal or conservative talk media through the radio anymore. Are you guys still dialing it in? Like, I don't know. Maybe not. But, uh... Randy Rhodes was one of my favorites for a while because I would be delivering newspapers. I had a delivery route. We would be delivering newspapers, and she was on for most of that time. Three-hour show, and so I got a, a good chunk of her show and listened to that. and Always entertaining, and she always did have good, good things to say. Like I said, these, these are all people that you don't have to agree with them to listen to them, to find value in the, the news they're sharing, or the perspectives they have. Here's a good one that I didn't catch enough when it was out. Man, I wish I did. Chuck D. on the Reel from Public Enemy. He did a show. And uh, so, if you're not familiar with Public Enemy, you're going to have to get on. Check this the video out here. Definitely look up Public Enemy. But Chuck D. did a show for a while, and just amazing. To think about this guy having a FM radio talk show at a time when Rush Limbaugh, the conservative, is still on the radio. Like, those are the polar opposites that people need in terms of, you know, hearing about politics. The, the complete opposite spectrums. Some of the guest hosts... Now, Air America did a thing where they would have people on because they would shuffle shows or change times. Uh, sometimes they changed ownership because, like I said, eventually Air America did not work out. It, it crashed. Lots of things happened. We're not going to get into what happened. But uh, for the sake of the story, for emphasizing what's really important about Air America... Look at these hosts. Montel Williams, Richard Belzer, Roseanne Barr, my favorite, Joy Behar. She's not my favorite, but out of this list, Richard Belzer would blow my mind. Because talk about a guy, if you ever caught him on Law & Order, you probably had your mind blown there. Uh, 
just a smart guy and was really in tune with things going on. Roseanne, obviously, you know, she got canceled. She's coming back. I think she's worth giving a listen. She says a lot of things that I think are still controversial. But you got to give, you got to give, like I said, uh, people who you disagree with a chance. And uh, obviously there are things that people say that go too far and can be damaging to what the general public perception and beliefs are. Uh, words do have an impact. So if you say something racial, like Roseanne was accused of, there's going to be lots of repercussions. But if you listen to her, if you think she was guilty of what she did, like I said, try to listen to somebody you disagree with. Go back to one of her last episodes that she's doing currently. See what she's talking about. See if she's everything you thought she was. Because it's definitely worth it. That's what that's what I'm saying about podcasting and uh, the world of information that we're currently living in. So interesting because you got these people that you agree with out in the world and you can learn everything you want from them. But when you learn from somebody who's got a perspective you know you don't agree with, there's so much more there. And moving on here, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. This station, Air America, didn't make it. Okay? But they had Jerry Springer. One of the most successful shows in TV history, right? So controversial. But I can tell you, when I listened to Jerry Springer on radio, it was like listening to the last, you know, you know he would do the closing segment on the show. That's what his radio show was like. It wasn't like the first 55 minutes or the first hour of the show. It was like that closing segment where he had so much productive things, positive uh, things to say to tie people together, uplifting stuff. Usually that's what how he would close. So, but Jerry Springer, Air America. Look at this list. Ed Schultz. All right, there I am with Ed Schultz at a Bernie Sanders uh, event in Janesville, Wisconsin, probably 2016, maybe late 2015, and so lucky to get that picture with Ed. Um, but here I am, back then, not a Democrat, not a liberal in any sense, but totally appreciated who this guy was. And we were at a Bernie Sanders event, who Bernie Sanders, also, I'm not a, a huge fan of, but in terms of politics, he definitely inserts a different discussion. And so we're at this event, it's at a union hall. I'm not a big union person, not that it matters, but I can appreciate everything going on at this event and get to bump into this guy for a picture and just awesome. Uh, Ed Schultz, if you were like a football person and you watch a lot of football and sports and but politics isn't your thing, Ed Schultz probably would have been your guy. He, he was a former football type guy. I believe that's what he did before coming to radio. Uh, but his commentary, it's hard to describe. I always thought it was it, like everyone else on Air America. 
it was worth hearing. Uh, but what was really cool about Ed Schultz is he was kind of part of not necessarily Air America, but what we see here, Sirius Left, uh, or I believe it was called uh, Democracy Media. So he had a deal with a Sirius XM station. There's the old XM radio. Man, I don't know if anybody else had one of those, but the Delphi SA-102 7.6, Rode XT. Probably had two of those? I know we upgraded to the model right after it. But you would dock it on a chargeable thing, and so kind of like a remote radio, terrestrial satellite radio for your car, and I'm sure there's people still doing that. Kind of like you put the, uh, you know, how you put the cassette in the cassette player, but it's got a headphone jack, so you got your MP3 player in your cassette deck now, and or CD player, kind of like that. But weird times compared to now, because now you get in your car, if, if it's from the last 10 years, it might have satellite radio installed into it. You don't got to do one of those things no more. Here we, oh man, if you guys, if you missed Air America, you missed Ron Kuby on the radio. Lawyer, civil civil rights lawyer, um, that's probably a bad way to describe him. If anyone who's a lawyer is listening to this, they're going to, ah, Reese, you described him all wrong. But where is Ron Kuby big from? The Big Lebowski. If you have ever watched The Big Lebowski, there is a scene where Big Lebowski himself gets pulled into the police department and he says he would like, he's requesting an attorney, a Mr. Ron Kuby. Ron Kuby, such a cool guy and one of my favorite shows. It did not last very long, on Air America at least, but as we see here, uh, Ron had a history on FM radio and with Curtis Silva, who is a different character himself, if you're unfamiliar with him, check him out. Please look him up. These are all critical names in, uh, I I would say, liberal history, liberal and political history, but overlooked by, I think, a lot of people. Like I said, Air America in general. I feel like I'm the only one who ever remembers this one, but... So Ron Kuby uh, was the protege or the guy who studied under William Kunstler, another very big name lawyer. Like I said, if, if you're interested in law, look up Ron Kuby. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to move on. Tom Hartman. Tom Hartman. You know what's cool about Tom Hartman? I disagree with everything he says. But Tom Hartman did a thing. And... Uh, let's see if I can pull it up here. I probably can't. I'll have to insert it into the... But, and here it is. The Tom Hartman Program, Mornings with Reese Wood. So, Tom Hartman did a little audio bit uh, for our community radio station, WADR 103.5 FM in Janesville. Back in, I think, 2016, 
to, to help raise funds for a community radio station, promoting the morning show I was doing at that time. But like I said, I never have strongly agreed with Tom Hartman. Um, this guy would end his show by saying, democracy is not a spectator sport. Tag, you're it. And I never could understand how he could say that because it didn't seem genuine. But I guess he was probably trying to be genuine there. But Tom Hartman is still on the radio. Talk about a guy who survived through everything and uh, does a, a great show. He's had on all kinds of big-name politicians. One of the segments I did really like uh, was with Bernie Sanders when he was a senator. It would be brunch with Bernie. Not lunch, brunch with Bernie. And so he would have Mark Pocan from Wisconsin on. If if you guys are unfamiliar, Mark Pocan, congressman from Wisconsin. So Tom Hartman having actual commentators on a show with actual political experience and uh, of the liberal persuasion, but worth hearing. People we disagree with and we still got to hear from. And so definitely I miss how Tom Hartman would, would be in the middle of the day and, uh, you know, after an early morning drive time show on Air America before the late evening drive time again. But Rachel Maddow, like I said, uh, she she is still out there, still trucking in MSNBC world. Um, always liked her commentary. Can't say much agreement, but not important. Why do I emphasize I didn't agree with her? Because it's important to emphasize that we have to listen to these people. Because if we're right about everything, something's got to be wrong. If, if, if you're right about everything, check yourself. Go check in the mirror or something, because that's what I do. Do some sprucing. Stephanie Miller. Okay, so if you're like a Family Guy fan, that kind of humor, the, the Seth MacFarlane humor, you would love the Stephanie Miller show. It sounds just like that. The Stephanie Miller Show. Um, she is known as the uh, for being the daughter of, uh, it's right here on the screen, U.S. Representative William E. Miller, who was Barry Goldwater's running mate in 1964. Barry Goldwater, one of those big names who uh, was kind of a fringe Republican for back then, if you're unfamiliar. But, very interesting, right? We have a guy who run for VP with Barry Goldwater, was also a U.S. Uh, representative, and his daughter, here today, doing commentary on political, liberal talk radio. Somebody with insight. Somebody who has at least, you know, she comes from a family where she probably does have some genuine good takes on politics. Also, kind of funny. Not my kind of humor. I'm not my favorite, but... All right, so we're getting into the meat of everything here, that, at least for me, because one of my favorites is uh, Sam Cedar. Like I said, 
he was co-host on Ring of Fire, Ring of Fire, a show hosted by Mike Papantonio, Farron Cousins, and Sam Cedar, but also this guy up in the other side, Robert Kennedy Jr., currently running for president. And so think about this, people. A guy who's running for president was on FM radio. You could dial him in and listen to him talk about liberal commentary. And today, uh, you know, you'll see him on every podcast out there. Just look up how many podcasts he's been. Just do a YouTube search or Google. The guy's all over. One point he was on FM radio and uh, they were doing a show that at one point ended because of co-hosts disagreeing about the pandemic and the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's when the show kind of, and I think it was always kind of rocky. I know Sam Cedar brought in kind of like a, a band-aid. He held it together. But let's get into Sam Cedar with the majority report. This show was one that I, I definitely made sure to listen to. He did end up getting moved to the evening drive time, which I think I end up I think I read he wasn't a fan of being at that time, but that was my favorite time to listen to him. His co-host Janine Garofalo, uh, you'll know her from stand-up comedy and all kinds of movies, all kinds. If if you were in the '90s, you know who she is. And so the majority report uh, they had on all kinds of co-host and and other uh, people who would do editorial type segments but so many different uh, people and I think this is the first time I heard Matt Taibbi on, on Majority Report but so if you're a liberal and you've been listening to me this long and you're looking for someone new to listen to definitely check out Sam Cedar definitely check him out uh, his co-host, Janine Garofalo, I believe she's still, she's no longer a co-host. Uh, Sam is other co-host at this point, uh, but you'll have to check. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with him. I, I only watch the clips on YouTube. I can't say I don't, I don't keep up with Sam too much, too much these days. But mainly, because um, I find some of his stuff to be less than productive. Sometimes. That's just me. Down here, uh, well, let's go back. Break Room Live down there. He did a show with a guy called Mark Marin, who did, uh, he's doing a thing these days, a little thing called WTF, the podcast. But they did a show called Break Room Live. Now, Break Room Live was cutting edge. Uh, it was a show that was not on FM radio, it was not technically. Air America. It was a show that they did in the Air America studios and uh, broadcast out to the web. Basically, they would bring on guests through chats and uh, a thing called Ustream, which we'll get into here. Uh, Mark Marin himself. I said this in our episode with Bill, but my username when I used to join Breakroom Live was WTF. 
That's that's. I didn't go by Reese Wood. Back then, I didn't want anyone to know the secret, the the magic of Reese Wood. How else can I say? So I went by username WTF, and uh, this obviously at least a year before he started the podcast. So I always thought that was cool. I hope that I did make him laugh a couple times. I hope there was some inspiration there, but I'm always open to the idea that possibly he was just using a popular term. That's possible. I remember he did like a a contest with his mustache. He was like, listeners had to tell him which mustache was the best one for him. And I think he settled on the Zappa one, which was a good choice. But you see in this picture here, he's full beard and not doing the Zappa thing. But Mark Maron's still out there. He's interviewed everyone from Robin Williams to, uh, I'm only going to say that name because that name is huge itself, uh, Barack Obama. I'll throw that in there. He has interviewed everyone, at least in terms of big name entertainment, celebrity, politics, uh, the entertainment world. But here he is, uh, Break Room Live, uh, John Mayer. Check out John Mayer down there on Ustream. Back in the day. So Ustream was a thing uh, created by IBM. I did not know this, but IBM created or acquired Ustream at one point. And so Ustream, before YouTube, remember YouTube, uh, was not around in the early 2000s. Ustream brought people video with a chat box next to it so you could live stream video if you had the equipment and viewers could chat next to you and ask you questions or tell you how much you smell or something like that. But Ustream definitely kind of, you're getting that kind of thing on on. Uh, with StreamYard or YouTube. There's all kinds of platforms that do stuff like that now. But back then, in the mid to late 2000s, very cutting edge. Like I said, they were doing this show, Break Room Live. Not on radio, not on the internet, well, on the internet, but not with an official audience that was something that people thought was sellable at the time. No one would say, well... You can get a bunch of viewers and a viewership from video streaming. I mean, it was a risk. They definitely took one back then. And uh, so they would transfer from the the, the FM and the, the, the online radio and tell listeners to listen afterwards, which was really cool. Uh, so let's get on to the best part here. The Lionel Show. This this guy. Okay, so we have him up here interviewing my Pang, um, one of the people that John Lennon had a relationship with. On the Lionel Show, on Air America, it was, I, I can't describe it. I'm going to try to. Always fun. Uh, this show also had a Ustream chat. I don't know if Lionel was ever in it himself. I know he had 
um, some guys, engineers in the studio that would uh, would be in the chat or chatting with people in the chat. But this show, so cool. It's hard to say uh, that he was conspiratorial back then. He definitely dabbled into topics that were uh, of conspiracy nature. He wasn't afraid to talk about JFK or, like I said, John Lennon, having my pang on. Um, but Lionel, I believe back then, was identifying somewhat as a libertarian, which is weird for people uh, for of the liberal persuasion because most liberals I know are not a big fan of libertarians. Now, I'm lucky. I do know some liberals who who think there is a future with libertarians. To them, I thank you. But, um, so Lionel fitting in with Air America was always kind of just a weird fit, but so enjoyable. And it does say here, he began in 2007. Uh, I believe he replaced Sam Cedar. Sam Cedar, probably not happy about that. But, I was a fan of Sam Cedar, and when Lionel came in, I started listening to Lionel and loved it. And uh, because of the topics he was talking about, because of his talking style, because of his vocabulary, uh, because of his approach to politics, and the more I look back at it, uh, I'm a big fan of just radio in general, and Lionel also a big fan of talk radio. So... It seems like I, maybe I was a fan of him because he actually appreciated what he was doing to a degree that maybe somebody like Sam Cedar uh, might not have had. Sam, definitely a political guy, but in terms of appreciating being behind uh, a mic and having an audience with open ears, I think there was a difference between Lionel and Sam, and I still think there is. But Lionel, like I said, inspired... Not only the segment we're going to get to, also inspired the name of this podcast, the most important podcast in the world. If you listen to him, you're going to hear him say that. The most important. You'll hear him say it quite a bit because there are so many things that are important that are just lesser known, lesser talked about, and uh, he definitely digs into that. So here we have Lionel, let's get to it. Podcast of the year this week. And I'm not even going to attempt to read the description, but let me tell you, uh, Lionel's vocabulary is tremendous. It's beyond the average person. And if you think you have a bigger vocabulary, definitely check out Lionel and and for every five pounds he lifts, see if you can do ten. And we'll, or something like that. Maybe that's unfair. But look at this description. This is Lionel. And uh, so you try to read that, and you will find out why everyone should at least try giving Lionel one listen. Just one. Because not only are you going to learn new words with uh, our short vocabularies, it, it seems like I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. You know where you stand. But that's why you check out people like Lionel. And uh, at Lionel Nation, here's his YouTube page. 
You can see he thought the Super Bowl was fake. Can't say that I disagree. Here's his book, Everyone's Crazy Except You and Me, and I'm Not So Sure About You, America's Favorite Contrarian Cuts Loose. Here's all his links. He is on Spotify. He runs a law firm, the LeBron firm. We're going to get to that one in a second here. Lionel Nation gear. He's got this big cup. It's the size of your face. If you uh, ever were drinking coffee and thought you need a bigger cup, this is the biggest cup. And so he's all over the internet, all over the webs of the world. Uh, one second there. Podcasting, not podcasting, on YouTube since 2006 in the United States. Amazing. The, Le the LeBron firm, that is his firm. Um, here's the practice areas. Here's Lionel himself. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. You know why? Because in his commentary, what he does online, he does not get into his profession too much. He gives you his expertise. He gives you the knowledge he has, but he doesn't talk about what he does, which shows the selfless side of, of Lionel, in my opinion. Here's the playlist I said in the start of the episode, playlist. Lionel has a whole playlist of Cat Williams videos. And I'm telling you, I don't think anyone out there, besides us here on this podcast, as of a couple weeks ago, we're talking about this being the year of the cat. Everyone knows this song, or, or we did, Al Stewart. Everybody knows that. But Lionel, perfectly aware of that, and he said, man, this guy Cat Williams is saying something. It is the year for this guy. Not only the year for this guy, but what he's talking about. The revolution. He signaled the revolution of 2024. Some people say that's up for debate. I don't know. But the year of the cap. And uh, so we're going to bring this up here if I can. This is the year of the cat. I'm not talking about Al Stewart in 1976. I'm talking about Cat Williams. Because what, what Cat Williams started, if you dissect what he said, if you, went, if you go back and listen to what he said, in this seemingly, I don't want to say innocuous, but in this interview on Club Shay Shay, when you first hear this, you think, oh, okay, it was another interview. No. It was prescient, vanic, pythonic. It augured the future. It predicted. It was one of the most important messages ever. Mm. Andrew Breitbart said that politics is downstream from culture. And if you want to see what's going on in the world, you have to look for different signs and indications and hints and clues and indicia that, that occur elsewhere. If you want to see where the world is going, listen, listen to music, listen to watch TV, go outside, go to an airport and watch, go to the baggage carousel, look at people. You want to see where society is going? You don't read a book. You go to the mall, find out who's not at the mall. Go to a mall and see who's, ca who's carrying shopping bags. Notice how many security guards are there. Just, 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 you see indications of what's going on. On September the 11th, 2001, I was red-pilled. My life started. I was born again. 
because I was here in New York when everything started, and my life has been on a different trajectory since that day, because I realized that there are very powerful people who control the world that are not elected, you never hear about, you never know about, you're never told about. And in fact, there was a concerted effort on the part of a lot of people to make it sound as though you are paranoid or crazy or just plain out of your mind to even suggest for a moment that there exists a group of people who are in charge. And you can look at all levels. With the exception of sports, actual performance, that might be the purest meritocracy. Because you can have installments and sock puppets, and you can have, we'll talk about that in a moment. But you've got to perform. LeBron James may be the woke, radical left dupe, but he is tremendous talent, and his, his play and his points speak for himself, no matter how beneficial he is to some group of, of Illuminati or whatever. By the way, tween us, don't use that term. It, it signals to people that you're crazy. Certain words you don't use. Chemtrails, say geoengineering. Illuminati, you know, Weishaupt, no, no, no. Talk about uh, the ruling class or the shadow government or the deep state or something. But, but don't, don't use these words because these are triggers. These are in trigger words and kind of microaggressions for people who have this absolute allergy against and towards anything they consider to be a conspiracy theory. But let's go back to this. Cat Williams talked about comedians stealing jokes, comedic, uh, certain actors getting plum jobs, getting the recognition, others who are, who are pretty much dismissed, who are not within the realm. Now you might say to yourself, well, that's, that's entertainment. That's always been, no, 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 no. These folks are part of a bigger cabal, a consortium, a cadre, a, 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 a coven of people, a conspiracy, a confederation, okay? Let me ask you something. Why is Oprah, and you can call him installed, um, Jason Whitlock talked about the fact that Stephen A. Smith was installed uh, because Stephen A. Smith is a Cretan. He's a subliterate moron who, who is there because of his bluster and braggadocious, uh, you know, brio. But, 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 the, but the, the, the question is, why Oprah? What has Oprah done to amass this wealth? It's never Tyler Perry, Steven Spielberg. Now, Steven Spielberg, you could say, well, he's a little different, but sometimes they are warranted. George Clooney. Tom Hanks, great actors, but what propels them in the first place? Bill Gates, do you believe the story that Bill Gates and, what was his name, Alan, decided to tinker about in their parents' garage, and they said, hey, we have this computer, and I think if we use this particular operating system, we can, well, do you, do you think that had the government wanted to say, okay, that's ours? They could have shut them down in a heartbeat. But it's better to use a dupe, an installed dupe, to be the face of big tech. Offer them riches beyond any comprehension. Uh, you will be the face of this. Now move on and put your particular items and your particular devices in homes and businesses all over the world. But make sure that you leave a big hole 
so that viruses can get in because we as the government want to be able to tap into this. Do you believe the official story of Facebook? Silicon Valley is absolutely 100% government-created, government-controlled. When we say government, it's not Washington, but shadow government, the, the ruling class, the Illuminati, whatever you want to call these people who run the show. InQtel was the investment arm of this. DARPA later came in. The future, by the way, if you think AI and AGI are fighting, you have no idea. That is the existential threat. We'll get to that later on. But not to digress. Cat Williams came along, and let me explain to you a lot of, let me uh, say something. And I'm going to say this in a way, I'm trying to be very careful. A lot of white people <coughs> will look at Cat Williams, Lil Nas, whoever, and they will say, oh, Here's another group of angry, inarticulate black folks with their stupid music and stupid fashion and stupid expressions and completely disjointed, disconnected, unimportant, gibberish. F this and F this and end this and eh. And they do that to their own, at their own peril. They've never understood hip-hop. They've never understood. They, they're, they're not racist. They're just ignorant. They don't understand this. When I talk about Cat Williams, I look at this thing and go, this, this guy's got kind of like a leopard printed do-rag and a lot of gold and rings. And what, what do you... What do you and, and, you know, uh, 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 Shannon Sharp has an interesting delivery, a patois. Stephen Smith and others you will hear kind of sometimes, I call it urbane-urban, mm. particular style, and a lot of white folks feel, and it's not because they, they, they're, they're, they're not racist, they just don't know, they have no conversance. The black community has always been over there, and it's kind of like an infantilized, you know, they, 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 they whatever it is. American Bandstand, Soul Train. That's nice. You know, Life Magazine, Jet. Remember Jet was a... If I had to invest in a part of culture, I would be investing in everything black, African, American. It might be too late. He might be, like, you call it chasing the stock, but you might be a little bit late. But, but what is happening in terms of the world of... of um, Rap hip hop, I guess hip hop, and I don't even know if it's called rap anymore. And, and, and again, this is this is not. I I don't understand the interstitial aspect of it. But I don't understand the big picture. That's where I put my money. And by the way, the the three areas that are completely just ignored by Trump and the Republicans are blacks, Latinos, and LG, gay and lesbian. Nobody even talks about lesbian anymore. That's it's all tea. And they are. A group that are pretty much conservative. Let me—I don't know if you listen to this, but listen to Cat Williams. He is a conservative, for lack of a better word. He's not some woke radical left. Mm -mm. Lionel merch available. He's not a woke radical left. Not at all. The big cup. 
And what happened was he came along, he started it. Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel, another installed sock puppet, part of the chosen few who was put into this creation by virtue of this. And then <coughs> Aaron Rodgers, and then this latest with Jason Whitlock, which kind of sort of came about. Jason Whitlock, who is who is the ostensible, there's always been this cottage industry called the black conservative. It goes back to Armstrong Williams and uh, Ken Hamlin and J.C. What was his name? J.C. Warren versus J.C. Dykes, who I, who I think was the manager of the Infernos in the 60s in the NWA, but I digress. There's a group of, there's a pocket of folks who are, they used to be called conservatives, but they're not, and they are a group of people that have been highlighted and showcased by Cat Williams. And you can dismiss him and his message at your peril. Believe me when I'm saying that. Do me a great friend, dear friend. Do me a great friend, dear friend. I don't know what that means. Do me a great favor, dear friend. First of all, have a great New Glorious Day. Thank you so much for watching. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit that little bell so you're notified of live streams and new videos. And also, why not comment with your wisdom. Comment as you see fit. It's a good idea. All right. So that is one out of, like I said, a whole playlist that Lionel has done. I think that was like one of the first ones he did with regard to Cat Williams. And so there's probably all kinds of things in there. You're, you're probably wondering, well, yeah, Cat Williams was talking. So you're probably thinking that's just like all conspiracy talk. And But no, obviously, if, if everyone's viewing it and the people that he's talking about, you know, we've seen there are some, some people... I think, Cat, uh, for what Cat Williams said, I think there was what Kevin Hart said something um, back. Maybe, maybe what was it? Cedric the Entertainer tried to do a video response. Some of the people tried to respond, but no one's saying Cat Williams is wrong, and everyone's saying that that everyone notices, and that's about something that. Is conspiratorial. The idea that in the entertainment industry, you have industry plants, people who are maybe there for reasons that are less than genuine. And uh, for that reason, they control the industry. And so you can think that's conspiratorial, but if you look at the numbers, people are not only wondering... If that's true, people seem to get the impression that there is some truth there. And very important, very important. We're going to go so deep here that I hope you brought your scuba gear. Because I know we're an hour in here, but Cat Williams, Lionel, Pew Research. We're going to mix it all together and see what happens. Because... To me, this is interesting. What's not interesting is what we have coming up, what we know is coming up for this next election. These are the two guys, right? I mean, maybe it won't be Joe Biden. Maybe it won't be Trump. Maybe it'll be two people very close to them, very similar to them. But if you're like me, 
you've been looking at this election like they're going to give us the same one again. We're doing this again, part two, 2024 edition, Trump versus Biden. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. But uh, if we look at the numbers and uh, voter turnout, 2018 to 2022. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me talk about it. I ran in 2018 for state assembly in Wisconsin as a libertarian. And did okay. I got about 3,000 plus votes. And obviously I didn't win. But I'm proud of the votes we brought in. We only raised like less than $800 against a Democrat who had, I don't, it was exceeding $30,000. So, uh, but not only did he win, he went on to higher office and still there today. But his claim to fame is he beat a libertarian who had 800 bucks. And uh, that was 2018, one of the highest turnout years ever in electoral history. And what Pew Research says is that the last three elections have been the highest turnout ever in the nation's history. The 2018 election, 49% turnout, had the highest rate for a midterm since 1914. Even the 2022 elections turnout with a slightly lower rate of 46% exceeded that of all midterm elections since 1970. And I blew it up here so we could look a little closer. Most Americans, not consistent voters. And you will hear Lionel talk about this in some of his other commentary, some of his other videos, that myself included, I'm throwing myself out there first. Who knows what's going on in the political world? What's going on? Who are the names? Who are your representatives? Who's the candidates in this, this election coming up this year? Did you know they're not on the ballot yet? Did you know there's a process to the whole thing. I know I didn't, and at some point, when I became a candidate, uh, it was learning from first-hand experience. Here are the steps. Here's how an election goes. But we see why, for me, why it was such an eye-opener, because most Americans are not even consistent voters. Not even. That's a bummer, right? What's wrong with 49%? That should be the question. Have you ever done 49% of anything and felt accomplished? We're talking 2 plus 2 and other simple equations now. And that's just my way of saying the rest of these numbers, the rest of the stats that we're going to look at, we're going to go through them kind of quick here, but all of these numbers are as simple as 2 plus 2. They add up to everything that we should know. That very few people vote, they don't vote consistently. The people that do vote, well, let's talk about them. The racial divide in 2022. Eh, some people would say that's important, especially if we're talking about someone like Cat Williams resonating with people. Obviously, Lionel said there's a lot that people overlook when it comes to the black 
voters or to the the black vote and to other ethnicities and it seems like conservatives have no pulse no finger on that pulse of what's going on with those other ethnicities even though they are a big block of voting population not only that the non-voters man look at the number of the people they said are consistent and then remember 51% is kind of one of the 50 to 51%. That's what we're looking at in terms of eligible voters who don't vote. White adults voted more consistently than those of other racial or ethnic backgrounds in those three high turnout elections in the three most recent that were the highest election turnouts throughout our history. White adults. Now, there's one way of saying that, and that's just saying white adults voted more consistently. Some people would say, and I'm probably going to offend somebody with this, but some people would say that the larger population being the white population in the United States, that the population of, of political privilege is the population showing up to vote consistently those of us who have had the privilege of voting the longest, those of us who might have more convenience to vote because of how long we've been able to vote. But, I mean, let's, let's look at a little bit more here. Those with a college degree, white adults without a college degree, strongly prefer GOP candidates and vote at lower rates than those with a degree crazy who would have thought so we're talking remember a lot of people don't vote out of the people that do vote a lot of them uh, a big percentage of people that might have gone to college might be doing financially better uh, we are going to get to that one it says voters and non-voters the two most recent midterms 2022 and 2018 both featured unusually high turnout compared with nearly every other recent midterm election year. But the difference between those who voted, I'm sorry, the difference between those who turned out to vote in 2022 versus 2018 and between those who did not vote accounted for much of the difference in outcomes between the two elections. The voting disparity the difference between non-voters and voters. It's a big deal for some reason. Who could imagine why? Smaller shares voted by absentee or mail-in ballot in 2022 than in 2020. Well, yeah, we were not in a pandemic, so that makes sense. Pew Research making some sense. Pretty much everything they've said here makes sense, right? Large divides in candidate support. Mm. Just keep in mind this research, this data provided by Pew Research, looking at conservative Republican versus Democrat, keeping no, no consideration for independents and third parties or anyone else that have impacted, as I said, we ran, I ran, in 2018 not only did I run that year but Phil Anderson who we had on episode 2 
garnered 3% vote as governor running as libertarian. In that year, there was, I believe, like 10 different gubernatorial candidates. Phil ranked top, did very well. Uh, even in our state assembly race, we did very well for a first-time candidate with very little money. But gender gap. Okay. Everyone's interested in that one, me included. Gender gap in vote preferences persisted in 2022, but larger shares of men and women voted for GOP candidates compared to 2018. Uh, there was a sizable education gap in voting preference when we're only looking at two parties. And when we remember that a large majority, almost half of the potential voters, don't show up to even register. Young voters largely supported Democrats, but by a small margin, smaller margin than in 2018. Well, they got that going for them, so you know, it's something. Partisans remained loyal in 2022 midterms. Independents were divided in their voting preference. So they do factor independents in here in terms of are they going to choose Republican or Democrat? Not if they're actually going to vote for an independent candidate or a third party candidate. Not factored into these researches here. So what am I getting at? Uh, when we consider these numbers, I'm asking, who is it that you want to see as a candidate? Um, who? Who out there? For me, I like to imagine, you know, Cat Williams, Lionel, my favorite commentator, someone who has experience uh, with lots of things and is not afraid to talk publicly about anything. And so Cat Williams or Lionel, that's just me. That's just me. You guys can have these guys. That's who we got last time. You'll get them again. We will get them again. Here's who they're giving us. They say this is who's, at least in terms of presidential runs, Biden, uh, Phillips. I, I can't tell you very much about any of these people because I consider myself part of that large percentage of voters who of non-voters who at one point I decided not only I wanted to vote, but I wanted to participate in an election as a candidate. But where I subscribe, where I fit in, is in that, that big population that chooses to not vote. Why are they doing that? Have you ever asked? Because I know some very intelligent people who, when asked that question, they arrive at the conclusion that there's... Nothing you can do about those people. Forget them. Okay, forget about 50% of the country? That's a, that's a recipe that will not work out good very long. But maybe that's why we have the results we keep getting. So here we are. There's your candidates. Uh, we see Kennedy on there. They do show some independence or a.k.a. third parties. Um, Stein from the Green Party, Cornell West, Kennedy, you know, the guy who was once upon a time on Air America Radio. All kinds of people dropped out. Ramaswamy, Swami, he's out. Mike Pence is out. 
hold your tears. Uh, all these people are out. The Libertarian Party, if we look in the upper right-hand side, it has a list, a list that goes on, and i got to say, it's more than I could fit in the screen. I could go to the website, and we could scroll down and show you. I'm not going to do that. But there are so many Libertarian candidates running for president this year. Do a Google search, you know, Libertarian candidates running, just to see, just see what's going on. Green candidates, green presidential candidates, there is a good list there. It's by no means a short list. Not as big as the Libertarian Party, but definitely something worth looking at. Here it is, the vision. You guys know I like messing with the AI art, and that's, you know, we imagined Cat uh, Williams as a philosopher. Let's imagine him as, this is what happens when you ask AI art to imagine Cat Williams as a vice president. Or Willie, Willie Nelson as president. They give you that tan background and a tan hat and a tan jacket. and a, I don't know. But imagine, who do you want as a candidate versus who they keep telling us the candidates are? It's a big disconnect. Huge. I don't know how we're going to fix it. I really don't. Who would you prefer? That's, that is the closing question. We've talked about Cat Williams, Lionel, Air America, and Liberal Radio, and, and I'm wondering who is it that you want to see, not who's running that you like. Who do you want to see? Obviously, this election, we know what the outcome's going to be. It's going to be, you know, one or two people that that we're already familiar with. It's going to be Joe Biden or Joe Biden 2.0 or Trump or Trump 2.0. And, you know, four more years of the things that have been going on for the last who knows how many years. And So who is it that you want to see in there that would make a change in your opinion? You know, uh, we are in the, this presidential election year and I'm not the only one saying this. It feels like no one is ready to talk about politics, let alone caring about who the candidates are. No one. And that is a trend that they're not keeping stats on. All you're going to see is how many non-voters there are after the next election. And they're going to emphasize all the people that did vote, which is a smaller number of the people that didn't vote. We're again weighing what we know against what we don't know, and just saying what we don't know doesn't matter. But not on this podcast. That is that is not the way we prefer to do things. So we're going to wrap it up. We've been going, you know, a little bit here. This is the longest, most important moment. More than a moment. Maybe that's what we'll call these from now on when they go on more than 10 minutes. More than a moment. But... If you want to be a guest, if you want to talk about some of the things we talked about today, or if you want to talk about anything else, anything in the world, message me, Reese, at mostimportantpodcast.com. Comment anywhere you see this video, YouTube, the interwebs in general. And uh, let me know what you think. I want to know who you would prefer. What do you think about Cat Williams and what he's been saying? Lionel. 
Is he too much of a conspiracist for you? Or uh, is he a spot-on commentator? You know, or something in between. I'm interested. I'm going to be interested on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening and viewing. I'll see you on the next one.